made at the resurrection of the righteous. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please take a seat. Well, here we are. Another Sunday. Even more love. It's a nice looking tree on the screen, isn't it? It's very pretty. We are encouraged, the writer of Hebrews, to consider love. Now, I, I chose uh, the Hebrews reading this morning because the gospel was too hard. <laughs> no, just, just kidding, just kidding. We will touch on the gospel this morning. But I want to speak about even more love. Even more love. Okay, we're done. Well done. Everyone, you've done a great job. That's it. Sermon finished. Go home. Even more love. We've got it sorted. No, I'm pretty close though. Pretty close. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 1 says, let mutual love continue. Let mutual love continue. And what's really important, I believe, when we talk about love is to keep it simple. Keep it as simple as we can. Because when we complicate love, we get lost. We get lost in the minutia. There's a good acronym that I have embraced, and I'm sure you may have as well, when it comes to other things, but I've embraced it in regards to love. Keep it simple. This is a nice one. It says, keep it simple, superhero. <laughs> Don't keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> you know, it's, it, we're all superheroes in our own lunchbox. We're all superheroes. But it's important that when it comes to love, we keep it simple. For those of you who may not be aware, I have a, uh, some little children. I have some little children. Uh, obviously, you would have heard that at the very start this morning. Uh, I had a great gift this morning when I awoke to a, a wet bed. Uh, joyous. Everyone, everyone, a lot of people go through it, it's fine. But I've realized, having young children, that you have to keep things simple. Life has to be simple. And when you do things with toddlers, things have to be simple. So my little boy, Parker, he's four years old. I know that when I do things with him, I have to keep it really simple. Anything too complex, it ends in tears. Um, and that doesn't mean that we can't do more complicated things. It just means that he needs good, solid steps. Right? He needs to know where to go. He needs steps to walk out the path. And otherwise, he feels a little overwhelmed. And I know that for us, when things get complicated, no matter how old you grow, you can get a bit overwhelmed. And so for, for us today, I want us to keep it to this simple, simple way. Now, because we're on the theme of simple, and I've said simple about 15 times now, and there's a reason for that, because we're keeping it simple, I thought I would bring something to you this morning. And uh, this something is my little boy's favorite song at the moment, his favorite song, okay? He loves a song by a group or group of artists called Super Simple. Super Simple Songs. You may have heard them, world-renowned. And he loves one particular song at the moment. It's a very, very well-known nursery rhyme. I'm sure everyone here will know it really well. It is called, Here Comes the Fire Truck. You know it? No. No, it's not well-known. It's 
but he loves it. Every time we get into the car at the moment, he wants to listen to the fire truck song, and he says, Daddy, we want to listen, want to, listen to the fire truck. I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. Now, I bet when you came to church this morning, you didn't think you'd be hearing about toddler's songs. Um, well, lucky you. You get to hear toddler's songs. In fact, you're going to get to hear a bit of a toddler song this morning. Parker's favorite song, Here Comes the Fire Truck. You're going to listen to a snippet. Um, there is a purpose for this, I promise. Here we go. Connect the hose. Connect the hose. Connect the hose. Connect the hose. This song is simple. It has an instruction, a step to take, something very easy to remember. What are you being asked to do? Very good. Gold star. Well done. Connect the hose. I think it's really important when we're talking about love that we have to put legs on it. We have to keep it simple. We have to be able to take steps to get to where we need to go. Love with legs on means looking at the path ahead and having a clear direction that we're going to walk, knowing what we need to do. Love has become such a cliched word. In the church, outside of the church, it's used for so many different things. Oh, you know, I, I love my husband or wife. That's beautiful. That's great. I love Pizza Hut. I love Maccas. Love. It can become cliched. When we use the word love, we need to have practical steps attached. This only happens with clear, simple direction. And in today's passage, we get some clear, simple direction a path to follow, some practical steps. What we can do as Christians in this church and outside of these walls to share mutual love. That's what the first verse of chapter 13 says. Share mutual love. So, what first? Well, Hebrews 13 verse 2 says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. By doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. It is simple, and it might sound a little Cupid, simple superhero, but simply saying hello to someone, saying hello to someone you don't know at church can be a step of love, a simple action. Saying hello, how are you? What's happening in your week? Welcome is a simple step of love. It is Cupid, simple superhero, but it is a powerful, practical step we can do in this church to show people we care. That we care. As we as a church continue to grow, there will be more and more people that come through these doors. We're praying that once our construction is finished, we will see more people engage with the life of this church. And hospitality is not just the great food that we have in the Narthex foyer after the service, although that is awesome. And it is good to have tea and coffee after the service especially after somebody drones on for ages and you need that caffeine. <laughs> but it's not just that. It is the real and practical care that we take as members of the church to the people that walk through our doors, both the new, those that have been here for a long time, and those that are not so regular. As a direct and hard line hitting question for you to consider and ponder in your own mind, when was the last time that you invited someone over for a meal from church into your home and showed some hospitality? 
or take them out for a meal, because we all know Father's Day, right? You want to go somewhere and have a meal. You don't want to have it at home, because then you have to clean everything up afterwards. You go out. It's a wise, wise move. When was the last time we took somebody out for a meal? And perhaps, like the gospel reading this morning, when was the time we took somebody out who wouldn't repay us with a meal? Or somebody we don't like? Or somebody who might be considered of disrepute? Who doesn't fit into the category? Jesus was renowned for spending time with such people and sharing the love of God. The gospel reading is very poignant. Now this is simple, challenging, but a simple step. Let mutual love continue. And verse three goes on with more simple steps. It says, remember those who were in prison as though you were in prison. Those who were being tortured as though yourselves were being tortured. Now we not, may not know many Christians who are in prison today, although there are certainly some in certain places in the world, and this particular verse is talking about Christians in prison for their faith. Uh, the time of the Hebrews, much persecution. And we might not know, but we can still support and love those in places in the world who face this type of prison. But perhaps today, we could also consider that the word prison could mean something else. Perhaps prison today could be someone we know in our church family or beyond who is suffering, who is in prison today, who is facing great difficulty in their life, in their heart. Someone who might have sat in the seat next to you at another Sunday, but today is facing great difficulty. In church statistics, there is something called the back door. You may have heard of it. It's a phrase that refers to the idea of how people leave the church, how they leave the church, and decide not to go there anymore. So it's not a good thing. The back door is not a good thing. It's what people do. They come in the front door, which I hope we all did this morning, but unfortunately, some leave or leak, as it has been described, out the back door. And a number of studies have shown why people leave the church. And particularly, the strongest reason for people leaving the church is because they don't feel cared for. They don't feel loved. They've been hurt by somebody, perhaps, a member of a congregation or someone on staff at a church or a minister. And no one has supported them, no one has loved them. We have a responsibility as Christians, and we are going to make mistakes, and we're going to hurt people. And if you come to the board game night on Thursday night, I'm going to crush you in Monopoly. <laughs> no, probably not. I'm not that good at it. But people will get hurt in church life, but we need to care for people. We need to love people. We need to love those who are suffering. We need to love those who come into our doors. We need to love those outside our doors. We have a responsibility to love, especially those who are suffering in need. And this is not the job of ministers alone or the designated pastoral carers in a church context. This is the job of every Christian, everyone who calls himself a follower of Jesus Christ. Simple, simple step. Challenging, but simple. Let mutual love continue. Because Jesus said this, by, everyone, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It's really crucial for us that we don't just take this as a cliche. We don't just look at love here and go, this is, oh, that's, that's nice, it's love, oh, sweet. 
I said last Sunday when talking about even more kingdom come if you were here, that when we are working in the kingdom, we must understand that love and care, it can't be a platitude for us. It must be true. And I think I need to reiterate and say it again this morning. Love cannot be a platitude. Action for God, priority for God cannot be a platitude. It must be true for us. It must be. The scripture goes on and it reads, let marriage be held in honor by all and let the marriage bed be kept undefiled for God will judge fornicators and adulterers. It's important that we remember that marriage is a picture of God and his church in scripture and Paul writes very strongly about this in the New Testament. There is a lot that can be said about love in the context of marriage and a lot about marriage but I'm not going to have a commentary on marriage this morning. What I am going to say is that God expects marriage to be undefiled, that there will be a commitment in marriage that is stood by. My wife and I have been married 13 years. It's a good thing. I know many have been married a lot longer than that. There was a couple in our 7.30 this morning who came up to me afterwards and said, we've been married 55 years, and I'm like, you guys are amazing. But what saddens me is that I've had conversations with non-Christian people who are so surprised that I've been married 13 years, and it's because I look so young. (laughs) No. No, they're surprised, though, that we've been married for that long. And this is sad. This is quite sad. What's more amazing is that she's managed to put up with my smelly feet for that long. That's really, really the real surprise. This is not just one conversation I've had with one non-Christians, many non-Christians. And please hear me that I I am not by any means advocating judging those for whom marriages have fallen apart or that there has been difficulty and, and neglect and abuse and a marriage has had to end. But what I am saying is that commitment in relationship, no matter what the relationship is, is crucial to showing love. It's commitment. In our church, commitment is crucial to showing love as well. Love for one another and love for God. And if you call this church your home, I want to ask you a question today. Where are you serving God in the life of this church? Inside and outside these walls. Where are you serving God? Not everyone can or wants to or is gifted to serve in the same way. We all have different giftings, all different talents. But we can all serve. We can all love. We can all commit to do something, to take steps. And I hope that some simple ways have already been seen this morning through hospitality and caring for those in need. Those things don't require to sign up for any sort of roster or any sort of plan. They just require us to love, to care, to make that phone call, to visit that person, to invite that person over for dinner. There are many ways to serve and I encourage you that if you're not serving in some way, there is a place for you to do so. And there is a roster for you to sign up if you want to do that. (laughs) Playing music, serving in children's ministry, watering plants, vacuuming the foyer, all of these can be done as acts of love in this church. And there are so many more that can be done outside these walls. So many. It's not all about what's happening here in this church, on these walls. It is important what happens here. We also need to live outside. This is simple, challenging, Steps, but simple. Let mutual love continue. Outside of these walls, 
We are to live such good lives, it says in 1 Peter, amongst unbelievers, that even though they might accuse us of wrongdoing, our lives will show we glorify God by the good works that we do. By the good works we do. We are supposed to live good lives as an example of the love of God in us. And in living good lives, we are expected to do something else. And this is another simple step, a very challenging one. Hebrews 13, 5 says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. We as Christians are to hold our possessions and our money loosely. We own it. It shouldn't own us. We own it. It shouldn't own us. And this is a really good litmus test for love in our own lives. If there is something in our lives, money, material possessions, or a comfort that we don't think we can live without, then there's a good chance we need to let it go. If we think there's something that we can't live without that's a material possession we must hold to, it's a good chance we need to let that thing go. Simple? Simple step. Challenging, but simple. Let mutual love continue. And of course, it's not just money and possessions that can take hold of our hearts. It's anything that we can put ahead of God that can be a trap for us. We are told to be content with what we have, knowing that God alone will be our supply. And this brought to mind for me this week, it's like a tree that is planted and secure, hearing the truth of the words that he will never leave you or forsake you. He will look after you. He knows your every need. We don't need money or possessions to make us happy. What will make us happy is God. Deep, true love. This is simple. Challenging, but simple. Let mutual love continue. And verse 6 goes on. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? In living this life of love, we can be confident that he is our helper. He will help us. We can rely on him. After some of what I've said today, you might be thinking, oh, that's all good. Uh, But I don't know if I can do those things. I I don't know if I'm capable. I don't know if I have the confidence to go and just say hello to a new person. I don't know if I... I have the gifts to do those things you're saying. I want to say that the Lord will be your helper. We all have insecurities, weaknesses, ways in which we don't feel strong. And I can guarantee that at some point in your life, as I know in mine, you've been told that you cannot do something that you will not achieve. But with God by your side, all things are possible. That might also sound a bit cliche, but it is very true. When I was in grade four, I was told that I would never pass English and that I would never be able to talk in front of a group of people. Honestly, my year four English teacher told me that. I remember it very clearly. But here I am, and my confidence to stand before you and speak is not because I am anything great. I was a terrible public speaker in high school. (laughs) Didn't do very well at all 
in, in school orals and things. But I believe God called me to speak. And he is my helper. And he has helped me. Love the Lord. It says to the downcast, the hurting, to those with insecurities. It says to you, it says to me, that we can have confidence in God. This is our message also outside these walls. To any who have failed. To those who are not perfect, which is all of us. To sinners. To the lost. The church is a place for you. It's a place for us. It is a place for sinners. Those who will be forgiven. Jesus said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. One of the biggest accusations, and I mentioned this earlier, that was ever placed against Jesus was that he spent time with sinners, tax collectors, and whores. If we want to love our community, it means loving the unlovely, putting away our assumptions at times, and opening the door wide to those that might make us feel just a little uncomfortable. For you might be the only Christian that anyone will ever see. You might be the only representation of Jesus Christ that anyone will ever see. And the love that comes from you, what you show, will be the love that they see of God. Simple. Challenging, but simple. Let mutual love continue. Verse 7 says, Remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Love means honoring those above us, especially those who do well. Honor is a powerful thing, and as we actively honor those who have helped us, we also honor God. This verse tells us to consider, to judge the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And this is presuming that the outcome is good, that we've had good leaders around us. Everyone has seen a bad leader. Everyone knows what this looks like. There's plenty of them. But a good leader is a breath of fresh air. Now this is where I get to embarrass Stuart a little bit. Stuart will never, ever toot his own horn. But we as a church are incredibly blessed to have him. And I don't know whether or not you realize that. Sorry, (laughs) tearing up a little bit. There are some bad leaders out there. We have a very good one. And I say that not just because I've experienced it, but because every time I mention Stuart Perry to, uh, or mention the name Stuart Perry outside of these walls, I get this response. Stuart Perry, he's a good man. The outcome of his life. He's a good man. Believers and non-believers, I've heard I think over a hundred times, somebody said to me, oh, Stuart, he's a good man. You might have seen this musical at some point. You may not have, it's okay. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. The musical, if you haven't seen it, uh, is essentially talking about Charlie Brown and a whole bunch of things different happened to him, the Peanuts kind of story and the characters. And at the end, there's an evaluation of Charlie Brown. The evaluation is, you're a good man, Charlie Brown. We can see that in Stuart. We can see that in other leaders in our church as well. It's not just him. But it's very important for us to honor him and to honor good leaders. 
A lot of what this church is doing that is good comes from this man. So, we need to honor him. This is simple. Challenging but simple. Let mutual love continue. And lastly, we have reached the end. Don't worry, we made it. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, verse 8. We do all these things for a reason. It's not about having a list of things to check off these steps. We do these things because he first loved us. We live in response to his love. Jesus Christ has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we live in response to his love. That's the one thing I want us to take from this morning. Hopefully one of the steps that I've mentioned has spoken to you. But if nothing else, we need a revelation of Jesus Christ. We need the revelation of his love. We need to live in response to that. Put legs on love. Put legs on love. For God is love. He's also justice, he's righteousness, he is holiness, but he is love. To end this morning, I couldn't help myself. I'm a musician. I had to do this. I've had Parker's song rattling around in the back of my brain. Connect the hose, connect the hose, connect the hose, connect the hose. So I wrote a little song for us this morning. Dale's super simple song, Simple Steps of Love. Feel free to sing with me if you feel comfortable. Good steps. Love the strangers, love the strangers, those in prison, those in prison. On a marriage, on a marriage, don't love money, don't love money. Be content, be content, he is my helper, he is my helper. Remember leaders, remember leaders, Jesus the same, Jesus the same. Amen. Simple steps. Well, we're in the mood for learning uh, new songs. Um, this is a, a brand new.